Hello and welcome to Mayo Clinic Talks, the opioid edition. I'm Tracy McRae and with me today is Dr. Holly Geyer. Dr. Geyer is a hospital internal medicine physician and member of the American Society of Addiction Medicine with substantial experience working in the addiction field. She currently serves as a practice leader working with the Opioid Stewardship Program at Mayo Clinic in Arizona. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Geyer. Thank you, Tracy. Great to be back. In past episodes, we've been looking at how physicians identify the right patient and the right drug, dose, and duration when prescribing opioids for pain management. Today, we're going to take a closer look at the dependency and addiction issues surrounding the opioid crisis and what resources are available to combat this growing epidemic. Well, let's talk about um, families who are helping to support the person who um, is dealing with this opioid situation. Should families have a plan to help that person, especially if they're an overdose situation that happens. Absolutely. Tracy, these are dangerous drugs. We're recognizing that more and more every day. And so that family is going to be the eyes and the ears with that patient um, throughout this dosing interval. It's important to provide education, and that starts with the clinic setting. Um, All family members should be warned while the patient is in the room of the overdose presentation. Things like the inability to be awakened or if they're waking up in some stuporous or semi-comatose state, If families identify difficulty with breathing, heavy snoring, or if the patient is limp or clammy, has skin discoloration in the lips and the nails, um, or certainly if they're non-responsive, definitely have an overdose plan. And so instruct family members, number one, call 911, and number two, give them education on how to administer naloxone. There's certainly a role for that. And we're at the point where all families uh, have that available to them just to have in the event of an emergency? You know, there's varying opinions. Um, Certainly the American Society of Addiction Medicine has made a a strong stance to ensure that virtually all patients on opioids do have access to this. Naloxone is a great medication, and in many states it can be purchased over-the-counter. It's a full mu-opioid antagonist. It can be given in a variety of formats, and it induces pretty rapid withdrawal, Um, usually lasts for about 30 minutes. Um, it can be life-saving. So I would recommend that you can consider co-prescribing this medication with opioids, preferably at the time that you write the opioid itself. And then, of course, you're going to want to counsel the family, not just the patient, because that patient might be non-responsive at the time they need it. We have talked in the past, in the, some of the past podcasts, and in other, view, other interviews that I have done, that uh, one of the reasons why in the beginning, people would go home with 30 days worth of opioid is because it was just a habit of the physicians to to prescribe 30 days whenever they were writing a prescription. And so that's when I, I learned of that. That's when I first learned about these opioid or the drug take back days when you turn in your leftover medication. Um, is that still something that's happening as physicians are writing smaller prescriptions now? Are there still... Uh, dealing with a problem of leftover medication? You're definitely right. Um, The need to find adequate disposal of these medications is going to be key. You know, as the studies show, overwhelmingly, many of the younger populations are accessing these opioids inappropriately from family members or from loved ones because they have access to medicine cabinets. And so at the time of counseling, I would recommend that family members ensure their understanding of the Disposal Act, which provides mechanisms for patients and families to dispose of any and unneeded or expired opioids. You know, in terms of the disposal process, uh, certainly look online. There's the National Prescription Drug 
take back events. They happen across the country and at regular intervals, so certainly one place you could bring them back to. Consider mixing your medications with other unpalatable substances, um, you know, kitty litter, used coffee grounds, mother-in-law cooking, whatever it takes. <laughs> Um, make sure that you're scratching off all personal information, by the way, on the empty pill bottles in case there are some dumpster divers. Um, you certainly don't want them having access or knowing what that uh, original content was. What are the legal and ethical obligations for physicians when they are prescribing opioids? So the era of physicians feeling mandated to treat patients' pain appropriately at any cost has really come to an end, or at least we hope so. Um, the demands patients have placed on physicians to ensure that um, all pain is relieved and or it's relieved in the mechanism the patient prefers um, has really led to the growth of this epidemic, at least in part. So we recommend, now that the pendulum is swinging in the other direction, adequate documenting of these encounters. Um, every time a physician sits down with a patient and writes an opioid prescription, it's very important that we go through the process that's been pre-described to ensure that the patient is an appropriate candidate for the opioid. You know, we know medical boards monitor prescribing habits, um, and then inappropriate prescribing can ultimately constitute malpractice in many states. So this documentation should include items such as the urine drug screen testing, results of the prescription monitoring program, any results from the DSM-5 diagnostic criteria if utilized, and then any and all important discussions. And I would keep in mind, all of this is confidential, um, should not be released to family or friends, just like any other HIPAA-protected information. Oh, Dr. Geyer, how can physicians address the system issues that need improvement in their own institution? So this is a difficult question, Tracy, and I know many institutions are tackling this, especially as all these new state laws have come out um, with new prescribing practices for providers. I can tell you at our institution in Mayo Clinic, Arizona, we had a number of new state laws come out this last year. And with these requirements, um, our first step was to form a committee. This opioid response committee was uh, comprised of a variety of practitioners. We looked at pain management doctors, emergency medicine physicians, primary care specialists, hospitalists, social work, quality administration, and pharmacy. I, I would recommend that an institution gather together those individuals most likely to impact the opioid epidemic and most likely impacted from it uh, to ensure that there's a comprehensive approach. And then number two, I would make sure that you're in compliance with any and all state laws. We recognize these are changing quickly. We may even have federal laws coming out sooner than later. Make sure that you have the necessary forms. Where I practice, we're now required to perform patient consent every time an opioid was written. And um, developing these forms can take a bit of time. So does the patient education. So something to consider working on sooner than later. Um, my biggest recommendation is try and let your electronic medical record do the heavy lifting. If you can build things into templates such that you can click through them and ensure compliance, make sure that you know when the next follow-up for that patient would be. It's much easier to do that in uh, an electronic system than it is on paper. Sure. And finally, what is being done on a state-by-state -state or even a national level to combat this crisis? Um, well, it's hard to turn on the television uh, these days, Tracy, without watching this. You're seeing a variety of states declare state emergencies. Many new uh, uh, committees have been formed as a part of the Department of Health and Human Services in some states. With all this, we've seen a variety of approaches. Um, just to kind of give you an a overview, some of the more common comprehensive responses include restrictions on the length and the quantity of therapy allowable per opioid prescription. 
I know we'll be getting this in Arizona probably sooner than later. Mandatory prescriber review of the prescription monitoring programs and then guidelines on urine drug screening. There's increased access across the nation for the use of naloxone, and many states have implemented mandatory CME requirements for opioid curriculum. We're also seeing expansions in the access to evidence-based substance abuse treatment programs, which is fantastic, and increased education on opioid-related topics to the public, providers, as well as state and local agencies. As we talked about before, we want to ensure that there's adequate disposal of unused prescriptions, and there's new programs set up in many states to facilitate that. And then on top of that, we're seeing tamper-resistant and abuse-deterrent formulations of drugs start to hit the market. You know, one interesting side effect of all of these efforts is that as we're seeing prescribing rates go down, we actually saw heroin rates go up. Uh, I'm thinking about the second-to-last question that I asked you where I said, you know, how can physicians address this at their own institution? And your response was, oh, boy, this is... This can be a tough one. Uh, If there's any sort of encouragement you can give to our listeners about uh, how they can go about doing this, uh, where they are working today. Well, I will say this, Tracy. It has been a challenge for us, but not an unsurmountable one. I can say that thanks to the efforts of many of our collaborators in these working groups, we've been able to meet the needs of the majority of the state and the enterprise requirements. And so I would um, give optimism uh, to this approach and suggest that other institutions uh, implement similar policies. Very good. Well, that's it today for Mayo Clinic Talks. I am Tracy McRae, and again, Dr. Holly Geyer has been our guest. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Geyer. Pleased to help. Thank you again, Tracy. Remember, if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share with a friend. Healthcare professionals looking to claim CME credit for this podcast can go to ce.mayo.edu slash opioid PC and register. That's ce.mayo.edu slash opioid PC.